Hey everyone, this is Simon. Uh, I hope you're looking forward to our Valentine's Day special for this year. Uh, just a quick disclaimer before we start. Uh, we had a little trouble during recording, uh, specifically with the mic that uh, my girlfriend Philo was using. So the audio quality will not be as good on her tracks, uh, but you should still be able to understand everything she says. Just uh, sorry about that if, uh, if you think that it sounds weird. Uh, it's not on your end, it's on ours. So... Apologize for that and enjoy the show. Alpha, you know what I need. Teenagers with attitude. That's correct, Alpha. Teenagers with Hello everyone, welcome to Teenagers with Altitude, the yearly tradition, tra uh, traditional podcast where we take over the feed of the regular Teenagers with Attitude podcast and make a Valentine's Day special with our loved ones about a TV show that has to do with planes. I don't know how we, end, we went from Power Rangers podcast to this, but that's where we are. So I'm Simon because it's my turn to do this one this year, and with me is, for the first time on one of these podcasts, my partner and girlfriend, Philomen. Hi. So, um, before I say what we're going to cover here, uh, do you know... <laughs> I, I'm trying to talk around the, the name of the show we're going to cover, even though you probably read it in the show's description. Um, do you know anything about baseball? Kind of. When I was little, we used to go see the Expo in Montreal, so that was fun. Yeah, I went to see a couple of their games, too. Um, this It will not help for this episode. Uh, do you know anything about Wade Boggs, the baseball player? No. That's good, because neither do I, but I don't... I think it's pretty well explained in this episode, because we're going to review... It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Season 10, Episode 1, called The Gang Beats Boggs, which is a classic episode of this TV show that is not at all about airplanes, but it does take place almost entirely aboard an airplane, so it fits the bill for, for uh, Teenagers with Altitude. Um, I guess we like one of the shows that I had in mind was Tailspin, but they did that last year, so... <laughs> uh, And it couldn't really have been something that we watched when we were, were kids, or no one would have understood anything 
right the and i i don't remember really seeing much of any shows about the sky or airplanes while we were kids either like you know there's space shows sci-fi and stuff but i feel like that's kind of cheating with the theme yeah but that's good. maybe that would have worked or maybe i don't know les cités d'or yeah Where the cities there, of there gold. was a plane somewhere in there, there was a plane there was a golden bird that yeah. they used as a plane in that show i guess but it wasn't like central to the show no. i guess i guess that's at a certain point they're gonna run out of stuff I think like the one major airplane show that has not yet been covered is Wings. So I guess Lexi and Mikey, good luck next year. Get on Wings <laughs> if you can. Uh, I don't even know that show. I didn't want to pick that because I've never seen it. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's because you know I picked a show that I have seen, but that you'd never seen. So mm-hmm. Of course. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, so tell me what you know about It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Well, the most I've seen, I think, is, I don't know, maybe three episodes while you were watching it beside me for some reason. Okay, okay, that's not nothing. What do you remember about this show? Um, I remember not really enjoying the kind of humor in it. Oh, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> I can see how that would happen. It's, it's maybe not for everyone. The show is if if you if you've never seen it at home, um, it's kind of a deconstructionist parody of '90s sitcoms in like a really sort of mean-spirited way. It, it's really trashy, and the characters are extremely unpleasant people. Um, and it's and I don't know if it works for you, it does. I can understand if it doesn't. <laughs> I'm sorry that I made you watch this, my love. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> You have to make it up to me. Anyway, um, so to to introduce uh, this show before we get into the episode proper, uh, this is already like season 10 of this show. We're like we're up to season 15 by now, I think, and it's still going. It's it's a really long running one. Yeah. It's, it says the guy watching Power Rangers every day. Yeah, that's right. I I don't watch it every day anymore. Not anymore. Yeah, I'm caught up on it now. <laughs> yeah, it's like a once a week thing for the podcast, and also. New ones coming out in a couple and of weeks at this point. Kind of exposing our kids to it. And oh, but then they're asking for it. Yeah, anyway. but well, nothing. Uh, he loves it. Yeah, <laughs> he asked me. Like our son asked me a few days ago, "What's my favorite Power Rangers season is?" And I told him it's RPM, and he asked to see it, and he's been kind of digging it since then. I'm so proud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just love that he wanted to see the one that you like. Uh huh. <laughs> wow. Maybe someday he'll have to see weird British shows with dark humor. Oh yeah, he's got to be all about Blackadder for sure. <laughs> it's gonna be like I want to see the show with the funny British old people, old times men, old times men. Well, um, there is some kind of nearly slapstick in the first season. But oh yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure he'd enjoy all the times that people get slapped around and uh-huh. hurt themselves. Uh-huh. Maybe not catch the more subtle nuances of these half-hour episodes. Maybe get bored of them before they're done. Who knows? He doesn't speak English either, so it's not wouldn't help much. But anyway. Yeah. So it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, it's a show about mostly five characters. You have uh, D and Dennis, who are twin brother and sister. I'm I'm going to exp- exposit some stuff that is not at all clear from this episode because it's not like it doesn't matter in this episode. Uh Frank who is played by Danny DeVito is their dad. Uh Mac is 
So Mac and Charlie are their He's their dad. Yeah, Frank is their dad. That's fucked up, right? He's their, <laughs> he's their father and he, he's like he goes on a, a mile high club challenge with his own son in this episode <laughs> it's a very uh-huh. bad relationship that they have everything about these characters is bad it's okay. terrible every part of it okay. um, so I'll have to watch you when we go take a plane with, with the kids someday right um, no just because I made you watch this show doesn't mean <laughs> I'm, I am in any way taking any of my Uh, behavior cues from it or taking these pers- people as role models. So you won't also try to make them play baseball? I mean, if they want to play baseball, I'd be glad to. That's fine. It's it's Of the sports, it's probably one of the sports that I would have the least problem with them playing because, you know, it's fun, it's athletic, and it's not dangerous, so that's <laughs> three things. Um... So yeah, and uh, then the other two characters are Mac and Charlie, who are like the four kids. In air quotes are uh, were high school friends with each other, and then like Frank is their dad. He came in at like season three of the show to kind of complete the ensemble. Um, so also like this is pre. Okay, so Mac is gay, but this this episode is from before he kind of came out and accepted. Uh, his homosexuality, and he was in the closet for a lot of seasons before that, and it was a strong running gag, which is not at all present in this episode either. Um, uh, and he has an obvious crush on Dennis, which is also not seen in this episode. Uh, Dennis is a psychopath, and this is also this is extremely apparent in this episode. So that's one thing that. <laughs> Uh, you can easily tell. D looks like a bird, and all the guys hate her. Uh, and Charlie is the wild card of the group, as he describes himself. He's mostly uh, kind of an idiot. Uh, he has a ongoing romantics plot with the waitress, a character who has no name but is just known as the waitress. And he's extremely psychotic in his uh, affection for her and his pursuit of her and he ends up destroying her life. Actually, all the side characters that show up on this show have their lives destroyed by the, this group of people. It's a, it's a very dark show, very cynical. Uh, it's black comedy, but I like it. Uh-huh. Yeah. So... Well, it, it, it's a different kind of humor from Teenagers with Attitude. Though. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's not It's not Power Rangers. It's It might be one of the least Power Rangers-esque TV shows that it is possible to find, with the exception that it is conveniently 30 minutes long per episode, so we can cover it in podcast form. Um, so, the episode begins. It is 9.30 a.m. on a Thursday Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which in this case we're on the plane at what what I presume to be Philadelphia's airport as they are boarding and you can see that everyone in the group except for Mac is already drinking beers from cans, uh, which is going to set the tone for this episode because as they're about to as Mac is trying to explain, they're they've decided to embark on a challenge to beat the supposed record that baseball player Wade Boggs did on a uh, trans-American flight from coast to coast where he drank um, some a number of beers that is uh, contentious, but like they, they settle on 70 as the legendary number that, <laughs> that, that they have to reach. Uh, and so 
the the way this is gonna work is uh, everyone but Mac is wearing a white T-shirt that they're gonna uh, put some notches on with markers to count the number of beers they're drinking. And uh, Mac is not gonna drink any beers, and he's gonna be the judge. I guess he calls himself the uh, the referee for this challenge. <laughs> but they're not even drinking beer. Yeah, no, they're drinking light beer, which is, you know, on the one hand, if they're gonna drink seventy, maybe you want to pick the least alcoholic beverage available. Apple juice. It has to be, you know, some alcohol. I think for the challenge to be valid. Yeah, the other thing is still drinking seventy cups of juice uh-huh. in a day. Yeah, that's it's that's a lot. That's a lot of bathroom trips. That's the other thing is light beer makes you pee a whole lot, like so much more than regular beer does. So they don't they don't really show them lining up for the the airport the airplane bathrooms this much over what has to be like a six hour flight or something. But uh, also, the other thing is 70 beers in six hours is a case of alcohol poisoning. There's no way they would survive that. Yeah. But uh, speaking of that, I hope that Mike picked that up. I'm drinking a Boreal Blonde Pale Ale right now, which is a very dad kind of beer, but it's refreshing, and I'm going to drink it while we're doing this because it's going to help. Uh-huh. And I'm drinking brandy because I don't drink light beer. And I'm not drinking light beer. <laughs> and this is beer. And we don't have enough for everyone. We'll have some Barreal IPAs in the fridge. You could have picked one, but it's fine that you're drinking brandy. I know you're a fancy lady. <laughs> <laughs> you're watching this uh-huh. dumbass show uh-huh. while sipping on your brandy. Uh-huh. <sighs> so, uh, yeah. So, D thinks that Wade Boggs is Boss Hog, who is a character from Deuce of Hazard, and she's going to keep up this misconception throughout this whole episode, which has a pretty funny payoff later on. And Charlie thinks that Wade Boggs is dead, which he's not, and I looked it up on Wikipedia. Well, I mean, yeah, he, he's, he both is not dead at the time of the filming of this episode, which is obvious, because he's in this episode, and also uh, he's uh, also not dead now. He's 61 years old, and I'm learning from Wikipedia that... Hang on, he's playing. Is he playing right now? No, he stopped. He retired 21 years ago. That shows you how much I know. He was already long retired by the time this episode aired. Anyway, uh, he last played for the Tampa Bay Devil Rays uh, in the 1998-99 season. So. And when was the, the, the 10th uh, season of this show? Uh, that's a good question. I can also look that up on Wikipedia while I'm saying words to fill time. Uh, <laughs> season 10. Uh, 2015. So this season is five years old. So Already. do the math. <laughs> yeah. So he had been retired for 16 years, right? 16 years at that point. That's a, a good amount of time to not play baseball. <laughs> and uh, still be known for something like this. I mean, I guess, is this... Okay. But Let, is, is that true? Let's check Wikipedia. Is that... Uh, it's not. It doesn't seem. I don't see it. I'll. I'll just control F beer on that page. <laughs> yeah. Television. Okay. In 2011, he also appeared in the psych episode Dead Man's Curveball. In 2015, Box guest starred in the season 10 premiere. Okay, this episode in which characters on the show tried to drink more than 70 beers while flying across country. Emulating a feat Box once allegedly accomplished during his career. 
Boggs denied that the number of beers was 64, and he reportedly told Charlie Day that he drank 107 beers that in a day. What? One of the Okay. So apparently, according to Wade Boggs, the number is much higher than 70. It's 107, uh-huh. which has to not be over six hours. That has to be like over at least 24 hours. But that's still an insane number of beers. Him. Yeah, I guess the guy is. He just he must have been just sitting on a toilet and drinking this whole time, and also drinking water on the side because th- there's no way he would survive otherwise. I couldn't say. Yeah, I don't know. But, We're learning a lot but, today. But if you want to drink that much, maybe it's a good thing if you fall over before it happens. I mean, I would. You've seen me pass out, so yeah. Uh, I would have been sleeping on that plane before long. Well, I mean, after at least, you know, a dozen or more, but more than a dozen. I I don't think I'd pass out of, uh, after only 12 beers. Anyway. Um, I'm trying to count. Yeah, the, I had wine that night. <laughs> wine is stronger than beer. Anyway. Mm, well, if you count the amount of drink that you have in a glass, it's about the same, I think. I... I, I you drink more beer to have the same effect? Yeah, and I drank fast, and I had these big wine glasses, the big wine lady wine glasses, you know. Mm-hmm. I filled it a like lot. Like someone kept filling up for you. And also me. I was next to the bottles. Mm-hmm. Didn't help. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, enough about my unfortunate adventures with liquor. Uh, you, I guess, I mean, what better episode <laughs> no, to no, even no, talk no, about it, this? It's a good idea to talk about this. Especially when watching something like uh, this. Yeah, I guess this episode is a couple's therapy in a way. So <laughs> just airing our issues uh-huh. and grievances out no, no. Uh, in this raging snowstorm. Nah, if, it um, was, if it was that bad, I wouldn't talk about it. I, just, I would just glare at you. Uh-huh. So anyway, uh, <laughs> Charlie thinks Wade Boggs is dead. Max says, no, he's not dead. He's still alive. Why do you say that? And then it's the title sequence, which is very lovely. Well, Eddie I believe the music's good. It is. It's also, uh, what do you call it, uh, when it's free, you know, it's public domain. It's, it's, it's music from some old educational videos that they used for this show for some reason, which means that we can, we can use them in the podcast as much as we want. Yay. Eric, go nuts, put f- always sunny music all over the place. They can't do shit to us. Well, all right. Is it the music or, or the recording that's free to use? I think it's a recording that came from some music bank. Huh. I don't know. I'm not a musicsman. Huh. I've I've definitely heard that music from other sources. Yeah. So it's not it's not from this show. Uh so anyway, uh we start and D is clearly already very tipsy. And she uh, has the she... most marks on her shirt. Yep. Yes, sir. so she, she she sits down in her seat and she put she pushes the the call button and like uh, a flight attendant is there. This poor lady is going to be the straight man for this episode and she's going to have to deal with our idiots being idiots. Um, I guess this was this must have been before the waiter was introduced on the show because this is a role that he would. I oh wait, the, I'm thinking of because okay. They they remade this episode later in the season with an all-female cast because they were doing a thing related to the Ghostbusters reboot. Oh, okay. So it's Dee and the waitress and... Oh, I forget who else it was. It was uh, the lady who has a weird name. 
like Partheon or whatever her name is. And you didn't even choose that one to for us to watch? I mean, this is the classic one. The other one is all jokes about this episode and comparing it to this episode. Oh, it's right, very right. referential. Mm. Um, anyway... So, yeah, in that one, the, the flight attendant is the waiter, which is another recurring character on this show who always ends up serving the people wherever they go, and he hates them, and every time he's like, God, how do I keep running into you? Um, it's very funny. Anyway, this, he's not in this episode. This is some nice flight attendant lady, and uh, so Mac is explaining to her that they're going to try to break Wade Boggs' record and drink 70 beers on this flight, and she is very nice to them and doesn't immediately go like kick them off the flight because it clearly hasn't taken off yet or say, okay, I'm not going to give you any beer for this flight because y you are very stupid and doing a very stupid thing and I'm go not going to encourage that because where would the comedy be then? Right. <laughs> right. Take a sip of beer. It's fine. Um, so Mac is like, He's he's kind of gonna be their beer server also because he just brings uh, D two more beers and like. But I don't I... know how he managed to bring them into the plane. Like... I think he, he he probably just took them off the drinks cart from the attendants because he's like so yeah. There's a there's a stash of beer that he's gonna get to later in the episode. I, he hasn't gone down there yet so. So I guess this is just him grabbing some beers off of the cart, which, you know, they they need to charge you for that. So I guess he just stole beer from the plane, which is already pretty much something you shouldn't do on a plane, I guess. But it's not even the start of everything that's wrong about this. I don't know if you can get kicked out of a plane at that point easily. I don't know, right? Like I mean, they haven't left yet. I mean, airlines are the worst. They'll kick you off for, for anything they want to. If they wanted to, they could have... Like, they'll, they'll drag you out of a plane for bullshit reasons. We we know that. Yeah, like the guy who decided to prank the plane by saying he had coronavirus. Yeah, that's a, that's a thing. Uh, that guy that guy is a stupid asshole. Yep. <laughs> so he got his whole airplane turned around and back to Toronto, which... Ugh. Anyway, yeah. I, I was thinking more of the person who wouldn't let their seat for an employee of the company, I think, and they were dragged out and beaten by security or some horrible story from a couple of years back. I forget the details uh, of. Planes. Planes. They're the worst. Mm, anyway, uh, so these people are also the worst and they're on a plane. Uh, so we get a little infographic that tells us like with an Indiana Jones-style uh, overhead map shot with a little plane flying across America. So we see that the plane has taken off and has gone past Baltimore and Columbus, Ohio. And we get a little score card that shows us what the game is up to at this point. Um, so we know that D has already drunk 29 beers, which is already, it's been like maybe an hour of the flight. That's already like an insane number of beers. Uh, Charlie is at 13, Dennis is 10, and Frank has only, air quotes, eight beers under his belt at this point. So, so I guess we got to a little later in the flight. The uh, other thing I don't get is why don't they have seats all together? I guess they didn't pick because it's more expensive to pick which seat you sit on on a plane. Maybe. I think it's also so that they could shoot scenes like in Without different spots on the plane yeah. and 
like facilitate the jokes they're gonna try to tell and also annoy as many people as possible on the plane which is kind of what happens so anyway uh we see the 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 flight attendant is pushing her cart in the aisle and some kid asks her for a beer and then uh dennis and frank are sitting a little bit behind this guy and they're immediately like get on this guy's case and go well if he's drinking the beer that takes beer out of the plane that we're not drinking so he's like competition so they need to take him out of the running which so you you already see Dennis with the serial killer brain cells activating in his head that he's tr thinking of <laughs> of this person who just clearly wanted to enjoy a nice beer on the plane as a threat to their stupid competition that they decided to enter for no reason at all. But I guess we can't even say he's a teenager because he's drinking. He, this is well, we we have to assume that this substanding person is yeah. over the legal drinking age of 21 in the United States. Mm -hmm. By the way, we're Canadian, so 18 is for us. Yay, us. Um, <laughs> so, so, so you can't even say there is a teenager in, in this show. Because no. everyone's drinking. But he's like a college kid. They call him a college kid. Uh, I don't believe we see any minors in this episode at all. It's only adults. I'm sorry, teenagers with there's there's no teenagers on this teenagers without with altitude episode unless you count overgrown teenagers oh, our own teenagers did you no, say no no overgrown overgrown teenagers yeah yeah you could say that yeah psychologically the the gang is is brainwise teenagers at best mm -hmm. or yeah teenagers with terrifying <laughs> amounts of power and adult uh, money to spend on, on on crazy schemes. I wouldn't say responsibilities, though. Uh, they're they're irresponsible, irresponsible as hell, that's for sure. So, hang on. So Dennis asks the flight attendant if he can order, what's the maximum number of beers he can order at once, and like uh, so, then so she says we don't actually have a rule for this. So then it says, okay, give me six beers. And Frank says, give me twelve. And like the flight attendant is immediately not taking their shit as like, all right, so I'm gonna bring you two apiece, which already seems very generous. <laughs> like of her, she's very keeps her professionalism, I guess, and decides to just serve these people. And so Frank pulls out it his. It makes me think a little bit about um, Tilly. From Star Trek. Tilly from Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, a little bit. She has the same kind of hair uh, and, and like face. Overall mannerism in a way. But, but I guess, yeah, but Tilly is kind of a little bit, yes, she's neurotic and some kind of, and I don't want to like, yeah, and also she's a ensign slash scientist and a flight attendant, but different roles, you know. Yeah, anyway. but still flying in a way. <laughs> the, yeah, she's on a ship in space, yeah. and space is the biggest sky, uh -huh. which which is a justification we're eventually gonna have to fall on if we keep doing this many more years. Because <laughs> as I said, not that many sky shows. <laughs> Maybe it will be the next big thing. Maybe everyone yeah. will do flight shows. Sky, sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow, like in 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 Ooh. an alternate reality where that movie was the next Star Wars, and then everyone started making airplane shows can you think of that i mean i'm saying that as if we have 
a hundred thousand different spaceship shows. Sure. There's there's not that many on. There's Star Trek that is like enjoying a renaissance, and Star Wars has shows, and there's The Expanse, and that's kind of it for spaceship shows right now. Anyway. Well, Doctor Who in a way. Yeah, Doctor Who in a way, I guess, but it's not it's not really a spaceship show. It's they have a ship that goes through space, but um, what's the one with the cat? And the Red Dwarf? Yeah. Oh, yeah, but that's not really I guess I guess it is technically current because they had a season like 3 years ago uh-huh. and there's going to be another one someday. Maybe. That's not, yeah. Yeah, I guess you could count that. But it's not it's not like there's a hundred oh, we, million. We have them in Sentinel de l'Air. Yeah, Thunderbirds. I guess, yeah. Another another year some couple can maybe do do Thunderbirds. Uh that's a puppet sky show. They have planes. They also have a spaceship in that. And a submarine. They have everything. Everything's there. They have and cars. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. <laughs> so Frank pulls out his credit card and says he's going to cover all the beers for the their whole party, of course, because Frank is rich. He, that's his thing. He's the one who bankrolls all their schemes. So, of course, he's going to do that in this episode as well. So, uh, so, so then Frank also tells the asks the flight attendant if she has condoms to sell, and she says no, because that's not a thing you want people to use on planes. Um, and then Frank says, well, I have this new idea for a challenge. I'm going to try to have sex while the plane is in the air. Uh, he, I, I forget what he calls it. Something about... Hang on. Oh, he calls it the Air Sex Society. Uh, so he 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 thinks he's made up a thing where when you have sex on a plane, it's called being in the Air Sex Society. And a Dennis rightly points, thing. yeah, a new thing that he's just made up. This sixty-year-old man, and uh, Dennis rightly points out that that's been a thing for uh, several decades, and it's called the My High Club, as everyone who's been on the the internet for five seconds knows. You knew that, right? Yes, I'm All right, I'm glad. I'm glad we both knew that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. But we have never taken a plane together. So. Is that? Yeah, that's right. The only time I've taken a plane since I've known you was to go to PAX. Yeah. And I haven't taken a plane since then because I haven't had my passport. And I've had no sex on those planes. <laughs> I'm sorry to report. Oh. Yeah, yeah too yeah. bad, right? Yeah. Um. All right, let's keep it up. So they talk about that for a bit. So that's the whole bit that, like, Frank doesn't know what it is, and Dennis goes on at length explanation that Frank is an idiot. Um. So they Dennis challenges, like he double dares Frank if he says. Dennis says he's gonna have sex somewhere on the plane that's not in the bathroom, which is harder. And because then Mac comes people, in. Sorry, what? Because most people enjoy the big space in those. Bathrooms. Oh yeah, it's 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 very accommodating for you know the joys of sexual intercourse to be stuck in a closet, basically the size of a locker, <laughs> two people together. Um, so Mac comes in at this point, and he overheard them talking about another bit, and he's against the idea because Mac is Mac. That's kind of his thing. He's also very repressed sexually, so any thought of you know 
having sex like he's like oh no 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 we're just having a beer challenge not a sex challenge don't you do that and his excuse is that he's the commissioner so there yeah. can't be a bad one. yeah he, he he's, he's the, responsible for the game yeah. yeah right he's for the integrity of the <laughs> the what you call it the the, the, the classic the, the good sport anyway yeah the beautiful game there you go um so and of course Dennis and Frank don't respect Mac for one second, so they don't even listen to him, which is what happens. Anyway, uh, so Mac also marks another beer on Frank's shirt, and like as soon as he's gone, Frank tells Dennis he's on. So we cut back to D, who has already passed out. So Mac assumes immediately that she's already out of the game, and he writes the number a number on her forehead, which he's obscuring twenty nine so that's that's what he thinks like well twenty nine beers she's done, so we cut to Charlie, who is eating an entire chicken at his seat. <laughs> I so, have no idea where he got chicken on a plane. You, you can't get an entire chicken on a plane. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure you can't. As a non-expert, that's not a thing you can order. So he must have smuggled it in somehow. With I don't know. foil paper on this rectangle plate. Uh-huh. Anyway, so he's cutting into that thing with just a plastic knife and fork. Just He's apparently just going to eat that entire chicken with nothing else but light beer. Well, I mean, not nothing else, because he's also going to order a rum and coke in a second. So Charlie's argument is that... is that uh, Wade Boggs is... was a large man, or is a large man, and... Uh, that he would also have eaten food while he was on that plane, which is probably true, to be fair. Well, <laughs> Partly I'm because if you want to go through a day with that much alcohol, you have to eat something. Yeah, you have to eat something so not in order to not die and also to absorb a little bit of the Ooh. alcohol you have in you. That said, a whole chicken is a lot of meat to add to a hundred or seventy beers or whatever. <laughs> so. But Charlie doesn't really think about things before he acts. Mm-hmm. He's just eating that chicken. He, he orders a rum and coke because, you know, you know what? A rum and coke... Would go pro- well with the chicken. Yeah, it's probably not a terrible choice to drink with the chicken. The only problem is there's rum and rum and coke, and that's extra liquor that is not being accounted for. There's probably, like, three light beers just in one rum and coke in terms of alcohol content. Yeah. I wouldn't say... In my mind, at least, it pairs well together. I guess it depends what you I mean, it's it's with, sweet. But... It's sweet and cold, and you know, y- Coke is good with chicken. So ramen is just you know, Coke with booze coke is good with, with chicken. chicken. Sure, when you order chicken, you can just you know, you have a soft drink with it. That works. Okay. I mean, it's it's not the worst. But it's not the worst. It's not pairing. pairing I mean, I mean, a beer with... is also fine with chicken. It's 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 hard to mess up chicken. <laughs> Okay. At least he could have cooked his chicken with beer. Like, you put the, the whole chicken on <laughs> yeah, the Yeah, but then, then, he, then he's also getting extra liquor that he, is not being accounted for, which but is not going to help go him. with the beer. No, I, I, he's, he's eating an entire chicken on a plane. I don't think he's really thought that far ahead. I don't... The, the logistics of this scene baffle me. Anyway... <laughs> So I th- I think we just summarized. Oh, say so. Charlie once again says that Wade Box would roll in his grave to know that he's 
not he doesn't agree with. Uh, also, Charlie calls it "eat a rum and coke," which is, you know, already saying that he's a little drunk and doesn't know things. But I also like to imagine that he likes his rum and coke thick enough that he can just eat it. So, what would you rum. put in rum and coke so that it gets so thick you can eat it with a spoon? I mean, the thickest thing in rum and coke is rum. So, f- I, it's, I uh, that's that that's still pretty liquid. I have to agree. So maybe a, a a rum and coke slushy or something. Yeah. Oh, that sounds pretty good, actually. <laughs> Ryan Coke Slush will be pretty good. Anyway. So then <sighs> you have uh, Dee coming in dancing to join them. Oh, yeah. She's, she's, she comes in and does a dumb little, like, I was not sleeping, or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, and she's like. She's being very annoying, and they hate her. Um, yep. Yeah, it's that it's kind of unbearable. And Charlie and Mac agree, and they're like, "Hang on, what are you doing here? You were just passed out." And she pulls out about some, uh, I guess, caffeine pills of speed, something, some kind of drugs that she used to keep herself awake, which is probably extremely dangerous to mix with the large amount of alcohol of that course. she's drinking. But there you go. She's not a very forward-thinking person. Um, so Mac is upset that once again the integrity of the contest is compromised because because she's uh, using other substances, which I guess in the joke in the running uh, comparison to baseball, the, those pills would be uh, performing performance enhancing drugs, um, as the you know the scandals in ba- around baseball go. Anyway, so we have another map shot where we see they've flown over Indiana and Illinois. They're flying over Illinois, and the score chart now reads D33, Charlie 17, Dennis 12, and Frank 10 beers. Still, even the lowest amount is... Yeah, but that, that now, that's, now that's 10 beers because they're maybe about halfway mm-hmm. over the United States. So ten beers in like three hours, that's not an unreasonable amount. It's like it's it's what I might drink at a well, uh, well, well garnished party, I guess. Um, if I drank a lot, let's let, let's say let's say an open work party. Yeah, let's say let's say an open bar where there's not a long line at the bar. That that sounds like a reasonable mm-hmm. number of drinks. Sip. Oh yeah, and then uh, uh, he's trying to take care of the poor kid. Yep. So Frank uh, makes an offer to the 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 young student man, and he he brings him a beer, and immediately you know that something's up because Frank would never be nice to a person, and but he only has nine marks on his shirt. I just saw. Oh yeah, because I guess Mac never got around to writing the tenth one, or it's a continuity error. I don't know which. It might be. I don't know. Either. I don't really care enough to go back and look. Nah. What? How many notches Mac wrote on him the last time? We know he's supposed to have ten anyway. So he gives him a beer. He says, eh, "I've been to that college or whatever." That he's wearing a college sweater, and you know he go back to de- goes back to Dennis, and Dennis tells him, "Why would you do that?" 
And like Frank is like, well, I put some sleeping pills in his beard to take him out of the running because that's the real, you know, psychopath thing that anyone would do. So he just did that, which you already know is going to end up badly for everyone involved. Yeah. Because it's this show. Yeah. And also, um, already, I think those pills and alcohol might not mix yeah. well. Once again, don't mix any um, medicine, especially sleeping medicine or like stimulants with alcohol. That's gonna. That's that's it's a bad plan. That's actually <laughs> really dangerous for you. Don't do that. Ne- just never do anything you see on. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. This you Except shouldn't do. Play baseball. So, uh, Frank and Dennis talk about Dennis's plan to have sex with someone, and Dennis goes into like a Sherlock vision thing where he's uh, discussing a lady who is crying in a seat nearby, who has no one sitting next to her, and has uh, uh, a mark of a wedding ring on her finger, but is not wearing a ring, so you think maybe she's recently divorced, or she's widowed, she's clutching her pearls... And also, she kind of giggled while the plane was having turbulence, so he thinks that she likes danger, so he he thinks, you know, in his psychotic mind, he thinks that he's kind of analyzing her and saying she's the perfect person to have sex with on this plane, because Dennis is a terrible person. This witch is a running theme. We're going to say that a lot about every character. And while while he's describing this, we're kind of seeing flashes of it, and the Swan Lake music is playing, which is very much a parody of the Sherlock uh, things where he's analyzing a scene. Anyway. And he sounds so sure of himself. Oh yeah, he's always sure of himself. Sorry, he's talking for a long time. Yeah, and then Frank um, is trying to talk about the, the the one woman he wants to try and bang on this plane. Uh-huh. Which is a pretty completely opposite character. Yeah, he, he points out a, I guess, trashier-looking lady who has tattoos and a uh, denim jacket. And shows a lot of skin. Yeah, and he's chewing gum. And Dennis is like, nope, that's not my type. And, you know, Dennis is analyzing her also, says she has cigarette burns on her arm. He basically calls her white trash. Uh, because, once again, Dennis is not a good person. And, yeah, he states that she's, quote-unquote, North Dakota trash, which is going to come back later in this episode. So, there's a commercial break, and then we're back on Charlie, and Mac goes to see him. Okay, so uh, Mac is trying to like get Charlie in on a plan to uh, start a rivalry with D for some reason because he I think he, because the other two are already in a kind of rivalry, so he wants to get the game back on track by playing everyone against them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's trying to stimulate the competition, yeah. right? That's what's going on. Um, but badly because the other one is in a food coma. <laughs> yeah. 
and he doesn't want anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. He just wants to drink beer. Mm-hmm. And Charlie makes a good point at this point, it, it's, which is that when Waitbox did that, it's probably not because he was trying to uh, win any records. He was just thirsty and trying to pass time, which is, you know, it's fair, but also it's an insane number of beers that he drank. But you should also not try to replicate that on purpose because it's bound to fail if you do that. So it, there's a weird kind of wisdom to what he's saying in a strange way. Just have fun when you drink. Don't count. Don't count. Yeah, yeah which is it. which is weird when you know that the guy insists that the number is a hundred and six. What, is, what yeah. was it? Um, so 107. So you know he had to count, or at least I guess someone counted the bottles afterwards or something. I don't know. Yeah. And while they argue, he um, they end up throwing, uh, I think, three cans of beer on the other passengers around. Mm-hmm. I definitely would not want to be on that flight. Oh, no. I think everyone else around them is, like, of course, they're extras, which is why they're not saying anything. But uh, anyway, they're, they're clearly trying to their best to ignore these people and try to uh, close their eyes and bear their way through that horrible flight with these people. Anyway, so the next thing that happens is Dee picks up the intercom and she starts, her, like... Pretending to be the captain talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well... He, 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 she's yeah. just taunting the whole plane, basically, for no reason, because she's drunk. And she just calls them fat asses and uh, whatever. And then the the flight attendant finally has enough and wrestles the the intercom away from her and declares that their whole party is now cut off and will no longer be allowed to order beers. Which is the correct answer to this whole situation. But then Mac... She should have stopped everything a lot earlier. Yeah. She should have like stopped it right from the start as soon as she clearly understood what they were talking about and intended to do. I'm pretty sure they have a limit on how much you can serve. Oh yeah, for sure. They'll cut you off. Anyway, so Mac Mac says that he saw this coming and he knew that there probably wasn't enough beer on the plane with for for four different people to drink seventy, which if you do the math is two hundred and eighty beers, which is, you know, quite a lot for a plane to be carrying anyway. Um, so he's, he smuggled like a, a luggage full of beer into the, the 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 baggage check compartment and he says that he learned from watching movies like, I forget which, which movies he mentions. The Executive Decision and Passenger 57 is the is the <laughs> The, the the movies he cites, which I could be wrong. I think at least executive executive decision is a Steven Seagal movie. Uh, Passenger six fifty seven. Let me look that one up. I haven't seen either. Is a Wesley Snipes movie. Uh, it's a nineteen ninety two American action thriller film di- directed by Kevin Hooks. The film stars Wesley Snipes and Bruce Payne. Its success made Snipes a popular action hero icon. It also introduced Snipes's famous line, "Always bet on black." All right. So that was your minute to learn about Passenger 57. Okay. okay. Executive decision is definitely the one with Steven Seagal on the plane. I've never seen it, but I know it's that one. Because Mac likes uh, dumb action movies. It's another uh, character trait that I'm sure you're not surprised to learn about. Nope. 
<laughs> yeah. You know? And then, because anyways, no one is around on that plane to stop them from doing anything, he goes straight to where his suitcase is hidden. Mm-hmm. So, the, so he's like he Max says he's just waiting for the right time to 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 go to the 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 luggage compartment and Char like he's just kind of looking around and Charlie says you know we're on the plane there's no there's no right or wrong time it's always a bad time or whatever so no, there's never not going to be people around so you should just go now I guess um, and then there's another map uh, cut off and we're and gonna another, take another um, beer cut off. Yeah, another beer. Uh, before we talk about that, let's take a little break. Okay. No, I just I just switched to Boreal White because uh, I just I drank the last blonde that we had before, um, and I switched to Amaretto because I wanted to, even though <laughs> I still do have some brandy left. I like how your reason is I I I took the drink I wanted and mine is well I ran out of the <laughs> other thing so I started a different thing. <laughs> if we have to drink and we don't have to, but if we have to drink, at least drink something you like. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's true. I should do that. <laughs> anyway, um, so they've flown over Kentucky at this point. I wait. They they we saw them going over Indiana into Illinois, and now on this map it says they're flying from Kentucky into Missouri. So so there is clearly a problem. They they that. went back. Apparently that plane kind of zigzagged. It's weird. Anyway, it's it seems like a very long flight if they're <laughs> doing that and doubling back. Uh, anyway, it's because you want to make sure they have enough time to drink. Because yeah, because also they're clearly still on the same plane. They haven't changed. Uh, anyway, we're now up to D forty-one beers. Charlie thirty-two, Dennis th nineteen, and Frank thirteen. Still a pretty good number for the lowest one. Yeah, I mean thirteen. Frank is the only one keeping two human numbers of consumption. Uh, that's partly because he's trying to. Join the Sky Sex Club or whatever he called it, because yeah. Uh, so Dennis does what everyone on this, well, all of the gang has to have done about about twenty eight times each well, off maybe, camera by now, which is going to the bathroom. Or maybe they're wearing diapers or something. I don't even want I to think, think that with the competition <sighs> amount we see here, I would not be surprised if, if at least one of them hadn't. Made that choice. I hate that you're right. Because <laughs> this is the show. Uh, they're definitely wearing diapers. And I, I hate it. I hate <laughs> that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Anyway. Uh, so, Dennis goes to the bathroom. And Frank is already there wa with the door unlocked. Waiting for someone to jump on him. Of course. Because that's his whole thing that he's trying to do. And it's clearly the best way to get someone to sleep with you. I mean, isn't that the... From what I understand of the Mile High Club, I mean, I, I guess you're supposed to signal, like, if if you're not going in there with a partner already and, and understanding that it's going to happen, I think part of the 
urban legend slash fantasy of it is that you just go in the bathroom and someone joins you at some point. Maybe after you've signaled each other in some wordless way after meeting on the plane. I'm pretty sure I've heard of that scenario before, which is what they're uh, invoking here. Yeah, but when I have I've heard of that scenario, it was clearly fantasy. So I mean, yes, as as are all sex related things ever. No sex ever happens, by the way, everyone. It's a lie. Uh, if you're wondering, says the guy with two kids. Yeah, that's <laughs> no that there wasn't sex involved there. Sex doesn't. There's no such thing. Sorry, well, everyone. At least there is no sex involved with the kids. That's good. See, I passed your secret <laughs> test. There you go. Can't indict me. All right. Uh-huh. So they were heading um, to under the plane, I guess? No, that was... Uh, no. So the next thing that happens is college kid, like, tries to get up from his seat and immediately, immediately collapses. Uh, he is clearly not well, because, uh, you know, if you'll remember, Frank snuck sleeping pills into his beer. So the, the flight attendant tries to call for a doctor on the intercom. And now it's bad because Dennis is worried that if this guy is going into overdose or some kind of shock or I don't I, as not a doctor, well, I can't poisoning. tell you poisoning. I can't tell you what the term is when someone is in trouble because of sleeping pills in their beer. Um, so that Dennis is worried that they'll have to do an emergency landing to take this guy to a hospital. So he doesn't want that to happen. So they have to figure something out. And Frank is like, well, I have an idea. Doom, 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 doom. Catching up with what I said. So Frank goes there with his beer in his hand and his notches on his shirt. The notches are going down. He's wait, no, he has thirteen. I forgot what the okay. It was supposed to be ten before, so this this time it fits with the number we've seen. Anyway, um, so he's there, clearly drunk. He says, "I'm a doctor." The flight attendant is not an like. She's like, sure, she believes him for some reason. Um. And he end up asking, well, trying to treat the guy with uh-huh. really beer, big uh, air quotes, um, by asking for a roll of, of duct tape, um, a peanut bag, mm-hmm. uh, and for more beer, of course. <laughs> right, which is what he's going to need to to treat this person. Uh, and for some reason, the flight attendant goes along with it, even though we she's know she's, she's on to them. about that. I don't know where in the flight flight manual it says when you ask for a doctor you should trust the first person who comes who says they're a doctor especially even, if they're drunk especially if they're clearly drunk and you have no reason to believe them and in fact have extremely good reason to not believe anything they say uh, anyway I guess for the purposes of the of the joke she just goes along with it so now we are in the, the baggage compartment and Mac has managed to sneak his way down there somehow outside, out of view of everyone. Um, so he goes straight to his luggage, which is... Well, just, he throws a couple of bags before. Right, but it's just sitting right there, which seems easy to find. But I've never been in this baggage compartment, so I couldn't tell you how accurate this is. Actually, Eric, that's well, if you want to like interject with no, this... Of course, sure, something is problematic here because... Some of the luggage are kind of wrapped with big um, cords on the wall, but three luggages were just in the middle, out of nowhere, without being restrained in any way. Okay. So um, Eric literally 
works with uh you can edit this out eric if you don't want me to say this on the podcast but uh he works as an at an airplane uh as a loading guy i think i'm sorry if i misstate that uh so he he would know what the baggage compartments on planes are like so if you want to uh mm-hmm. interject any knowledge onto us and like let us know the inaccuracies in this scene go ahead anyway um Mac opens the luggage, finds the hundred beers that he stashed there, and then immediately has to hide behind the pile of luggages because because Dennis is climbing down the ladder with who else but the trashy lady that he said earlier that he wasn't interested in. So so now uh, he tries to like flirt with her by saying that he learned from films like Executive Decision and Passenger 57 that these planes have these compartments which is a pretty funny line because it's calling back to what Max said earlier um, so he, yeah he's trying to put on the charm with her and she's clearly into him well she... I wouldn't say into him she tries to dumb him and shove her tongue yeah, in she, his mouth yeah she, she's clearly extremely desperate and, and she's like do you mind if I take my pills first and he says, yeah, go ahead. And she crushes a couple of unidentified pills onto a plastic bin and snorts it through her nose. So <laughs> you already know if this lady is classy. Of course. Uh, he's not going to regret this in any way. And meanwhile, upstairs we see, well, duct tape in action. Yep. So Frank has duct tape a student guy onto his seat and put a piece over his mouth. And like he's, he tells the flight attendant that sorry, that uh, the, he has altitude sickness and he has to uh, restrain him for his own safety. And then he he says he's also a pilot. And once once like there was a hole in the fuselage and he had to turn the plane upside down and land it safely in a field, I think, <laughs> which is clearly a bullshit story. And now the flight attendant starts to doubt his story. Ask for identification, which. Is, she wants to see weird? ID, I guess. I mean, she and he says, you don't believe I'm pilot? And she says, I don't believe you're a doctor, which is, you know, fair on both counts. I And I suppose doctors probably have some kind of ID that tells people that they're doctors. If any doctors are listening, tell us. Let us know if you have a card that says you're a doctor that you can show people. Uh, same with pilots, I guess. Um, but still... Maybe she should have done that before letting him duct tape some guy. Yeah. Yeah. She, she she should have stopped all of this. This lady is clearly doesn't care that much about her job that she lets things slide like this, despite clearly knowing better and trying to, you know, uh, verbalize those doubts and confront these and still, terrible she people. For, for an ID, but she leaves the poor guy. Yeah, she doesn't untie tape. him. To be fair, he's tied up with duct tape. That's pretty hard to remove. Maybe she just like keep the guy stuck there and there's no nothing anyone can do to remove him from there. I'm yeah. guessing that a flight attendant might have access to something to cut. You think they have that, scissors on planes? I don't know. After 9-11, I, maybe I don't rounded-ended one? Sorry? Rounded-ended uh, one? Yeah, rounded... Uh, yeah. Like the one for kids? Kids' scissors, safety scissors, maybe. Who knows? You know what? I'm actually wondering because <laughs> because of 9/11, maybe they don't have any blades on planes now. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. Maybe, um, uh, may, uh, who knows? 
<laughs> That's all. Okay, after the 9-11 moment, let's continue. Um, and then... So, so, yeah, so she says, I don't think you're a doctor. And he says, that's a very serious accusation. And she says, well, you've had 14 beers, which, once again, when you thought he was a doctor, why didn't you stop him there? And he says, how would you know that? And she says, well, it's written on your shirt, which is a very fair point. Uh, and then he tries to hit on her and tries to join the Malhai Club with her, and she just leaves. All right. So then Dennis comes back with the lady. <laughs> Mile high yeah, 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 right. So Dennis has successfully joined the Mile High Club. He's won his bet at this point, so he, he enters the frame with this lady. And like Frank is like, what about, what about this lady? And he, then Dennis is like, well, she just removed her ring because of the altitude makes her finger swells. And... Uh... But he tried. Yeah. Anyway. Um... So they talk for a little bit. Uh, yeah, with the one cheesy baseball metaphor. Right. Yeah, by saying that Boggs didn't hit home runs every time either, but it's fine. So the 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 the, the captain, uh, the pilot announces that they're about to come down and. So so I I I missed which city they're over. It's somewhere in the Midwest, I think South Dakota. North Dakota. North Dakota, yeah, there you go. Um, hi, Lexi. Shout out. Um, I always forget which Dakota Lexi's from. I'm sorry, Lexi. Anyway. <laughs> so, 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 so they have to sit back down in their seats because the plane's about to land, and the lady asks Dennis's uh, seat neighbor if he can move so that she can sit next to her boyfriend, which you can basically see the the alarm lights light up inside Dennis's eyes at this point and he realizes he's in way more trouble than he thought. So and Matt he Green, tries to, to say no to the guy, but the guy clearly doesn't see and just wants to leave that spot near the weird guy. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, he doesn't give a shit. He's like, Yeah, sure, I don't want to sit next to him for sure. Go ahead. Um so now yeah, map screen we see that despite the fact that we just heard the, the pilots say they're about to land in North Dakota. The plane is still over Minnesota. Uh, they're flying from Iowa over to North Dakota. Dee is now up to 53 beers off screen, I guess, because we haven't seen her since last time. Charlie has 44, Dennis has 19, and Frank has 15. The, the order of scenes is a little weird here because it's, it feels like they're, they're, they had one more bit to put in before the plane lands, even though the captain has already said they're landing. Anyway, we cut back to Charlie, and Wade, Wade Boggs, the ghost of Wade Boggs, is sitting next to him. And it's they actually got Wade Boggs for this, which I know because I looked him up on Wikipedia, and it is him. <laughs> but he has a weird light glow. Yeah, because, okay, so Charlie is drunk, so he's hallucinating that he's talking to the ghost of Wade Boggs, because he thinks that Wade Boggs is dead. But he's not. But, so, ghost Wade Boggs tells him, and he's not dead, but he's and he encourages him to keep drinking beers because you know that's what he would do. So, and then D hallucinates that she's seeing Boss Hog from the Dukes of Hazard, which is what she's misinterpreted Wade Boggs as for this whole episode. Uh, I don't know if this actor is the guy from the Dukes of Hazard. At this point, I'm. Am I gonna look up? Boss <laughs> you Hog? have to take... There's no way he has a Wikipedia page. 
Oh, he has a Wikipedia page. Uh, <laughs> fictional character uh, played by Sorel Book. Uh, do, 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 do. Let me see. Okay, he died in 1994, so it's not him for sure. All right. We know that for certain. They, they took a guy who does look like him. And he's wearing an all-white suit and a hat. And he's at least appropriately a ghost because he is dead. And he also encourages her to keep drinking to beat his record, air quotes. Uh... Yeah, and meanwhile, so... she's clearly drank way too much. Like, she's the only one where you can see the effect of the alcohol. Oh, yeah, she, she's like on the... She's on the edge of passing out, which is fair because she's over 60-whatever beers at this point from what we've seen. I forget the number. Way anyway. too much. And when she had a number written on her forehead, she somehow managed to scrape it off. Yeah, she, wi- she, she wiped it. Yeah, but it makes for a very, very weird look where her, oh, her forehead has... is all black. <laughs> oh, you're saying that it looks like she's with a white guy behind. It, it, behind, it looks like she's in, wearing blackface. I I didn't catch that. A yeah, you know, bit. a little bit. A little bit, but it, it's more like the the contrast between the all white Chris ghost guy and the clearly on the verge of passing out, completely messed up. Lady I, th- I thought you were gonna say with the black lady who's actually sitting next to D that no, oh, sorry, the black man who's actually sitting next to D uh, that she's been been talking to. Also, which is problematic if you interpret that smear as blackface. I will say that much. I I haven't I hadn't seen that. That might be like a a, a, a side joke that they a very subtle side joke that they put in there. More like a happy accident, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, so the plane lands in North Dakota. And the first thing we see is... Uh... <laughs> yes, yeah, student guy being taken out of the plane by on a stretcher by With a paramedic. Wide open eyes. Oh yeah, he's that, that guy's dead. He's super dead. We, we don't see him again. The, the gang has killed people, like, left and right. Oh, yeah. That happens a lot. Yeah. And... Um, then... So Dennis gets up and he he's like, well, here we are. He's trying to tell his new girlfriend that uh, it's time to get off the plane. And she's like, no, I'm the same thing on the plane. I'm going all the way to California. And Dennis is immediately disheartened by this news. And he's trying to play it off like, <laughs> you know, she says, I'm going to visit my family. So staying on the plane all the way. And Dennis kind of like, is clearly extremely angry at this and goes, God damn, I'm really happy for you. Would you excuse me? And then, then he just leaves and he, he he decides to just step off the plane at this point even though he's in North Dakota and whatever. But he's he's decided he's out of the contest. He doesn't care anymore because he really doesn't want to spend the rest of this flight next to this clingy girl that he banged in, the, in that plane and who now thinks she's his girlfriend. Which, you know, not to get into uh, character interpretations or anything, but she's she is like that psychotic what she's doing, like that she's clinging to him this hard. But also, Dennis is an asshole and deserves everything that's coming to him. So make of that what you will, I guess. Yeah. And then to make sure that we get that he's out of the game, 
Um, he gets his number written yep. on his forehead. He's at 21 at that point. 21? A human number of beers. And he's clearly not... Doesn't He doesn't seem drunk. No. But he's um, the first one out. Yep. So we see we see the scoreboard again at this point. Uh, before we see the map. So D and Charlie are equal at 66 beers each. Dennis is out, written in red. Somehow on the chart he's still ahead of Frank who has 18. Oh yeah, because he has 21. We know that. So that's more than 18. So now the plane is flying over Wyoming towards Utah. And um, so now, so so now, uh, D and Charlie are sitting next to each other, and Mac is standing in front of them and like cheering them on, and like encouraging them to drink more. And they have clearly way too many beers on their tablet yep. in front of them. Yeah, they have five more beers to drink to get there, and they have st they still have like two more states to do to go. So. So Frank uh, walks up to Mac and says, give me another beer. And Mac doesn't even want to listen to him anymore. Because he's like, well, you're so far behind. You're only 18. I'm not going to waste beers on you. And Frank, Frank like argues with him. And then Charlie just gives him a beer anyway. The, and then Frank uh, clearly had his ego bruised by the flight attendant lady telling him he's not a doctor or a pilot, and he he took it really personally, and he's just drinking drinking his sorrows at this point. <clears throat> when he gets two sips and then kind of can't go on. Yep. Because it's a lot of beer. Yeah, I mean that's two sips of his nineteenth beer. That's like that's still a good showing for such a tiny man. And he's out. We yep, he's the, out. Uh, the, the chart again. Yep. I just, I, I just wonder if... Hang on, because this scene goes on for a bit. And they're still at 66. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It feels kind of like they're stretching for time at this point. He's just kneeling for a while. Okay, yeah. So he's out. I guess I, we don't get to see if that counted for 19 or not. Anyway. So apparently, also, slight continuity error, I guess, because, like, Charlie and Dee were drinking beers in that scene, so the, those weren't being counted on the chart at this point. Anyway, so the plane lands at LAX, and we cut to the baggage claim, and uh, Mac has put Dee and Charlie on a cart. No idea where Frank is, though. No, he's not there anymore. He doesn't care. He passed out on the plane. I don't know. So they're tugging beer by the baggage, baggage claim? Yep, because, you know, so the terms of the, the challenge was to drink 70 se more than 70 beers before the plane landed, and now they're in the airport, and Mac is handing them their 71st and last beer so that they can beat the record, but they're on land at this point. So it seems to me like they didn't actually beat it, they only equaled it. I mean, I wouldn't care, but Max seems like he cares a lot, and he doesn't at this point. It, it bothers me on a character level, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I think that it's, it, it, they needed to set up the next joke. Yeah, I mean, the next joke is very good. This is, I think this is where the, the, this episode gets really funny. It's kind of the payoff for this whole thing, because they drink their last beer, Charlie finishes it first, then Dee finishes it, they kind of cheer and yell and make asses of themselves on the airport. So then Mac tells them that, you know, the challenge is also 
to that they have to hit a home run or whatever to do what Boggs did, which was to play a baseball game the next day. So, so he says they have to go play baseball now. And now from this point on, Charlie speaks in such a slurred way that um, his 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 dialogue is subtitled, which is really helpful for us doing a podcast. Uh, and it's. God bless Charlie Day because he's he plays dr- like drunk really well. Th- this part, like, I just think is the funniest part of the whole episode because he's just so funny the way he's speaking. So he says, "I can do it. Just give me the bat and I got game." Well, it's just weird because before he wasn't playing drunk at all. No, that nearly not. Yeah, it was. It was like this number seventy-one t- takes him from zero to. Or maybe well, 110. It, 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 it takes him from maybe 5 to 70. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas D was already showing. Oh, yeah, she, she, yeah, she, she was dead at 10 and the then she took pills. D was a mess from this from beginning to yeah. end. Like, Charlie is the one that can seemingly actually hold his liquor, but he's gone over his line now. Also, his shirt is all wet from spilling beer all over himself, and you can just see his belly. It's He's a real mess right now. And then, like, Mac is like, yeah, so, wait, where's D? And then Charlie goes, she took a ride on the carousel. And you can see that D is passed out, as first, onto the baggage claim carousel, and he is being dragged behind the 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 flap things to the wonderful wonderland of baggage claim which if you've seen toy story 2 you know is a fun action scene where toys have to free themselves and i think it makes for a pretty nice <laughs> oh yeah that could be that could be the the episode image right there just d passed out with clearly full ass. Well, I mean, tasteful ass. She's wearing jeans and everything, but, you know. She's clothed, yay. Mm-hmm. Anyway. By the way, this actress is married to the actor who plays Mac in real life. Oh, yeah. Yep. A little bit of trivia. So we cut to a baseball field now. I guess Mac and Charlie have completely abandoned their friends back at the airport. Um, in the baggage, baggage claim. Yep, yep, yep. She's just back there now, just riding the conveyor belts. So Mac is gonna pitch a ball to Charlie, and he has to hit him on a clearly, clearly empty baseball. Pitch. I mean, they, they they just went to a field, to a park, and near the airport, ball. I guess. Sure, I I mean maybe they took a car or whatever. Mac Mac, Mac isn't drunk; he can drive, or they took a taxi, whatever. Please bring us to the closest. Your closest park. baseball field, please. And like Max says that Charlie has to go three for ten, which in this context I don't even know what he means, but there you go. Uh, and Charlie says, "I got all numbers." So, so Max says, "Okay, it's about I'm gonna put a little mustard on this one." And Charlie says, "Give me the hot dog, baby." And so then there's a light, nice, inspiring sports movie moment where Mac kind of slow mo winds up his pitch and takes it all serious. Charlie can barely stand on his feet and tries to lift the bat and like wait for the pitch and Mac pitches the ball and it's very slow-mo and Charlie hits it and he it actually looks like like you know clearly the actor wasn't actually drunk but he it looks like he actually hit that ball and he hits it all the way to the fence and then and then it, he it would have been even better if it had gotten over the fence. Though. Yeah, home run, I guess. But you know, 
Also, 71 beers, extremely drunk. So give him, give him some credits. So he does a little Babe Ruth point while leaning on his bat and almost falling over there. And then Mac is like impressed, like, hey, holy shit. And then, like, Charlie says, it's Wade Box style. And then, like, Mac says, well, we only have one ball, so we can just stop there. I don't want to go get this one. Yeah, I don't feel like going and get it. And then Mac declares Charlie the winner, and Charlie says, game on. And then, like, Mac says that since Charlie hit one for one, that's a that's a thousand, so that's that's a perfect average, which means that Charlie is the greatest baseball player who ever lived, technically at this point. And Charlie says, "That's baseball, baby." Well, most averages don't take only one match into account. We don't know how many times they tried before this one. Yeah, I guess, but they're only co counting this as part of their competition. And then, like, they're like, "Yeah, so we're here." Charlie says, "California, USA," and like. Max says it's kind of gloomy because it's not very sunny, you know. Unlike Philadelphia, where it's always sunny. I think that's a sly reference to the title of the series. And then Charlie says, "What do now?" Because he's drunk, remember? And then then Max says they have to go get back to the airport. And did he say walk back to the airport? Yeah. Okay, so there are. Yeah, he can walk. He can okay. Walk just getting out of the the field. Okay. So anyway, he, Max says they have to get back to the airport and take a red-eye plane back to Philly. And like Charlie says, do they have chicken in Philly? And like Max says, hell yeah, they have chicken. And then they walk off the field while Charlie is using the bat as a cane and the talking baseball song from the one that got parodied as the softball song on The Simpsons plays over the credits and the episode is over. Yay! All right. <laughs> How did you like this episode? And also, it's always sunny in Philadelphia in general. Well, it hasn't really changed my opinion of the show. Okay, so you didn't think it was great, and then you watched an episode from start to end, and still don't think it's great. Pretty much. Awesome. That's a that's a valid opinion. I respect that. It's it's not great. It's not. Bad. I would never watch this. I wouldn't leave the room if it was on, but which I do for many shows that Simon watches. Yeah, to be fair, you have such low tolerance for stuff that I watch. Yes. As soon as any kind of tension happens, you can't handle it. Well, I just like doing things just because it's there. If I do something, I want it to be deliberate. So I choose what? the kind of drink I drink, and I choose the kind of episodes I watch. Yeah, but you won't even s stay in the room when I'm watching like The Flash because it's too stressful. No, because it's the kind of thing that you have to get into it to appreciate it. If it's just like hearing hearing it in the background while doing something else, kind of half committed to it, it's really annoying. But the couple of times yeah. I've watched an episode, I like them. It's just that I just like half watching it. Okay. And doing any other thing. I can kind of see it. I have a really easy time tuning out distractions, yeah. so yeah, I don't mind why sitting. Most of the time, you have a video game playing while you're listening to a, podca a podcast, and while the kids are playing beside you, and while I'm trying to do something else and find the whole music ambiance. Oh, God, way too our, crazy. Life, our life is such chaos. <laughs>
<laughs> You're right. So that's why I most of the time don't listen to anything on the TV because when it's soft, I just enjoy not having anything on the TV. There's a little bit of silence or music for a change. Uh, but if there was silence, I would die. <laughs> there was. <laughs> what would, what would stop the voices then? Is what I'm asking. Anyway, it's not, it's not true. I don't really hear voices. word. Aww, I love you. <laughs> so this has been your cheesy Valentine's Day moment. Uh-huh. We're clearly she was, the cheesiest couple. Yeah, she was asking me about this over the break. Like, can we... When, when is when is, when is it going to get cheesy? Because it's a Valentine's Day episode. So it's like, I didn't well, ask when it was going to be cheesy. Okay, well, it's now. <laughs> uh-huh. And he's, like, having his... Most cartoonish smile right now. I love you. Uh-huh. I love you too. <laughs> <sighs> Have kids, everyone. Uh-huh. And happy Valentine's Day oh, from... I'm actually impressed because we managed to record this without being interrupted once. Yeah, I, I actually heard Adele talking a little bit earlier. I was wondering if she was going to be a problem. But I think she fell back asleep. That's good. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Keep sleeping, kids. Yes, sleep. Sleep longer. Sleep later. <laughs> oh, God. But <laughs> earlier at night. The, like, in the mornings, we're lucky. They yeah. only get up at like 6.15. Six. Yeah. <laughs> Play. They're kids. Little kids at that. Kids. Yeah. Don't have kids, everyone. But no, have them. But have them. Well, don't have ours. They're ours. And, and then you can watch Power Rangers with them. Someday. And yeah. play with Megazords. Yeah. And tease your son for and, like and, a and year play. by saying that someday you'll bring him to the office to play with your Zord. Uh huh. That's gonna and happen. Never someday. bring him. I mean I can't I can't just <laughs> take my kid to the office any day I want. I said, you know, someday I might have to take you there. Uh huh. And he's really for looking forward to it because he knows I'm keeping a Megazord there. That he, he saw when you bought it. Because I have the boxes at home and he really wants to play with the actual toy. Oh, God, I'm such a bad dad. Anyway. Because you, you're keeping the boxes? Yeah. I mean, the boxes are cool. <laughs> you don't know how valuable these toys are. I mean, as soon as I take them back home and he starts playing with them, he destroyed them and there's no value anymore. Did he manage anyway. to break the other swords? The yeah, the, the, the dragon has lost his arms. We've lost the, the red ninja sword. Uh, the the the, the, the whole ones red are... lord? Yeah, but it's a tiny robot thing. Okay. Like that just sits in the loader thing. Okay. I don't. I have no idea where Redbot is. I'm sorry, everyone. I lost Redbot, or my kid lost Redbot. I'm not sure. Yeah. And the 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 blue dragon lost his arms. Anyway. Yeah. It's 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 the least cool of the Megaswords I own anyway. Um. <laughs> Which is why the kids are playing with it. Yeah, kids don't care. Kids don't know shit. It's like I, I've I've watched some Turbo episodes with him because for the podcast, and he wants to watch Turbo now, and he thinks it's good because there's a kid in it. Because there's a kid in it, and Power Rangers. It's mostly because there's Power Rangers in it, to be fair, and Zords. Mm -hmm. It's like most of the pitch and is right there. Yeah. <clears throat> Do I still have a voice at this point? I'm still drinking this beer. Hang on. <laughs> Do you have any? Okay. Um, do you have anything to plug or things to add as we close this podcast? 
Well, I don't really have a social media profile anywhere. Okay. It's easily shareable, so no. Okay. Just That's shout fine. out. Just if you want to talk to me, shout at Simon, and he'll uh, <laughs> he'll get it to me. I'll, I'll hook you up. I'll put you in contact. Maybe I'll vet you a little bit. Don't be cre- don't be creepy. Um, yeah. So if you wanna, okay. So the rest of the uh, the rest of you, first of all, hi. If you're listening to this and you don't know, <laughs> usually this feed is uh, uh, is called Teenagers with Attitude, and it's a Power Rangers podcast. We don't do this kind of thing. Um, and you just subscribe to the feed and listen to the rest of the episodes, which are different. Um, <laughs> also, my Twitter is the real Simban. You can follow me as I tweet random bullshit and sometimes my opinions on the video games I'm playing like Silent Hill Shattered Memories, a game that will immediately make Philo flee the room if I'm playing Oh yeah, it. that's when I hate it. Because the, the first time you showed it, well, you played it beside me, it was one of the, the horror scenes. Yeah, I was just running through ice, getting chased by monsters, and my control. I had like headphones on because I didn't want like the stressful music to play. But then like the the, the creepy noise comes out of the the remote, the remote control on the Wii. So that's that's. There's no earphones. Play that when you don't have a girlfriend who is easily stressed sitting next to you, and you'll be happy. Um, happy Valentine's Day, everyone. <laughs> Love each other. Yeah. Uh, Care for each other, be there for each other. Whatever your love is, you, if you don't have anyone you love, that's fine. Uh, you can. You, it doesn't have to be a person. Doesn't have to be a romantic lover. Just love, love what you love, love who you love, and don't let never let anyone tell you not to love. And try the... to love yourself a little bit more. Yes, love yourself. Yeah, love. It's easier to love someone else when you love yourself. Love is all you need. Asterisk. All you need is love. Um, it's not true. You need food and sleep. Many other things. Yeah, sleep. Sleep would be good. Sleep would be good. Four teenagers with altitude. I've been Simon. And I've been Philo. And I got numbers or whatever he said. Uh, Weight box style, baby.